Welcome to On Purpose, where you can find a community of financial service movers and shakers who are changing the face of finance. Hear from award winners, thought leaders, authors, and executives who are part of the undercurrent of industry change. They're pushing the edge and, frankly, doing things differently on purpose. Let's dive in. Well, thank you. It's always great to have another Drake alum to speak to. Yes, I know. When we started going back and forth, I'm like, holy smokes, we're both in financial services. And I was like, wait, you went to Drake too? So it was like a really small world. And um, like I said, I like the Drake, the big, the the Drake. That's that's good stuff. Always representing, always. Yes, that's right. It's a great great place. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to chat with you today and also share that that space in financial services, but also this interest in financial literacy. So before we get going, let's just start with you. Where, how did yeah. you get into this world? Like, where did you get to where you are today? Tell us a little bit more. For sure. I'm born and raised from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and from a split family, I grew up realizing that like money was a factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only for my own family, but everyone around me, uh, money always seemed to be a stressor, stressor and an issue. Yeah. Um, and growing up, my mom always gave me gifts. That was great, but we never were getting ahead. It seemed like to me. And so growing up, I knew, Hey, the only way out for me was sports. Like I was a baseball player first, ended up being better at football. Um, and that's how I ended up going to Drake and is to play football. And so I knew, Hey, I want to get money involved with money and everyone starts with accounting. I don't know why we all do that way. My first accounting exam with, uh, with, uh, professor Hillman, um, accounting 40, there's a blank piece of paper and I froze like you're supposed to do balance sheets and income statements. And I'm like, this is blank. I need something like give me a guideline of somewhere. Yeah, Ended yeah. up getting a 40% on my first uh, accounting exam Holy and smokes. said, I am no longer going to go the accounting route. I want to get into, you know, more of the financial uh, side of things. And so I did and got my degree in, um, in, in finance focus on the personal side of things, and then my minor in business law and insurance. And so I worked off campus um, four and a half years at the Boys and Girls Club as well. And that's where it started to hone into me that we don't have financial literacy. I call education nowadays, but we lack it from a a very big global perspective. It's not in schools back then. No one really talked about it. We didn't have a lot of resources or information. And so I knew I wanted to help started my career in insurance side of things, like a lot of us do, yeah. uh, quickly realized that uh, insurance sales is not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a holistic, like financial plan, like big picture thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 2017, left there, joined a firm that's out of Houston, helped them grow the firm up here in Iowa. And then in 2020, launched my own firm, Black Mammoth. And the reason that. for that is I started to hone in on what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. that is more of a modern family office. I realized that a lot of people, one, don't have the education. And that's probably what we're going to speak a lot about that on. Um, Two, they want to have a team and someone that they can just trust in. They don't really care about investments. That's something driven from us in the media. They they just want to know, am I good? Like, that's Mm it. Am I good? Am I good to do these things? Peace of mind. That's really as simple as it is. And so that's what Black Mammoth, we are. We're a modern family office. We could do tip to tail everything for you or as little as nothing for you but ultimately we're here to be a part of your team and kind of guide you through the life um through the journey um of wealth building and so that's kind of me my background um i have multiple other firms too we do like 
estate planning. I've, I've got a commercial real estate business I used to have. Yeah. So I've got a lot of experience in doing a lot of different things. Yep. And that's where my skill comes from is like knowing things that other people don't think about. And it's yep. kind of a really cool little, I guess, skill I've, I've, I don't know. I, I think I've always had it right in football. I always had a high IQ figuring out what's going to happen or reading defenses or offenses. And in life now with financials, it's the same way. Like I can see mm -hmm. things that others don't see. Yep. Um, and that's really what, you know, my clients love the most. Yeah. I always hear the term thrown around in the space of like an advisor being your financial quarterback. Right. Um, but that you've had the opportunity to tap into these different sides of it, not just sort of, you know, tease it, but like just, you know, kind of uh, explore it, but to actually be a part of, like you said, insurance and these other sides, I think I could see where that gives you a wider lens too, to be able to lean in and support further. Sure. So I'm really curious to talk about the, um, the idea of a modern family office, but I do want to, maybe we'll swing back to that. Yeah. I, I do want to hit on this idea of financial literacy, financial education, and kind of where did that spark for you? Was it the work of the Boys and Girls Club? Was it just kind of all along the way? Kind of what what are you doing and how have you identified that as really like a, a core focus area for you? Yeah, it really hit when I was at Boys and Girls Club. Um, that's when I started to, I always knew there was something, but when I started to work with the teenagers, my title was like professional teen development officer. That's what they gave me the title. I was a babysitter for the teenagers. Okay, let's nice be, be real. <laughs> um, but I started to understand that they don't know about money, and then right. they don't. Their parents don't know about money, and their parents don't talk about it. And we cycle. have this huge, huge cycle. You know, heavy in the minority side of things as well with it. And so I started to recognize we have an issue, and mm -hmm. that issue is people just don't talk about it. Yeah. And we had curriculum at the Boys and Girls Club. We had curriculum with my insurance uh, company, and I spoke to every school department and head of things that I possibly could to try to get curriculum into schools and mm -hmm. they wouldn't budge, right? They, they wouldn't do it. They didn't, they didn't want to spend the time to have their teachers learn the curriculum to teach it. They didn't think it was important. And yeah. all of these things kept spinning. And I realized that like in our society, that's the issue. Not necessarily saying that everyone should be fully educated like the knowledge that we have, right? But a baseline of something, yeah, would be impacts really all of us. Great, yes. uh, money is the one thing that we all deal with every day. Mm -hmm. I don't dissect frogs and sharks anymore. <laughs> I did that in high school. Yes, but that was part of science, right? right, um, right. But I deal with money every day now. My job, but we all do it. So yeah, yeah. that's really where it started, and kind of grew from there, and recognizing the fact that like there isn't that many options back then. Now that's only 12 years ago, right? That I started. Um, we've come a long way since then though. Yeah. Uh, it is in schools a lot more. I've seen that, which I'm yeah. like, yes, I like pl extremely like ple pleasantly surprised. So, but keep going. That yeah. means it's, we're progressing, right? Everyone yep. always asks like, when do you see, like, when do you know when it's, you've, you've reached the goal or whatever? One, it'll never we'll never reach that goal. Um, I'll never reach the goal of ridding the world of financial literacy. However, these cool steps are happening. One step is it's in schools. Second yep. step is even with my own content, people are wanting to have open dialogue and conversations. Mm -hmm. That's another step. Uh, for me, the one that like, regardless if I never reach the other goal, if this happens, mm -hmm. I'm going on a month vacation and I'm just smiling for a month. And that yeah. would be, instead of it being like math, science, history, English, Mm -hmm. It would be math, science, history, English, and financial education or whatever they want to call it. Mm -hmm. If it's part of our core understanding and learning of life, 
yeah. then I know we've done something very well in our industry. Mm-hmm. When you talk about that, are you talking about the high school level? Or are you talking, I'm about talking about everywhere pre-K through normal living life, adulthood, right? Yes. So pre-K to regular school to, you know, college to, it should be required within our employer stuff and learning. Yes. It should be a lifelong education system because it's a lifelong journey with it wealth. And it's something that you'll never reach the end of because when you die, then it just passes on for a legacy plan. So you would need to understand it's a lifestyle and it is also something that takes your entire life to accomplish. And on a day to day, are there things that you're personally leaning in to help see that come to fruition? Is it, I know you, you have podcast content as well. And having conversations, are you still involved with the Boys and Girls Club or other like organizations? What kind of things are you doing to kind of lobby these efforts, um, for lack of better word, to be able to really push this agenda? Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like it takes an it takes a force, right? So yeah, um, for, it's not like a just a conversation, and it it yeah. Um, I used to for about a decade. I stopped about two years ago. Um, I would be actually lobbying. I would be speaking to the governor. I would be part of different nonprofits and starting nonprofits and really trying to push the direction from more of the political side of things. Cause right, that's right. what they tell you is the way to do it. Um, since then I realized it's not, that's not my lane. I'm, I don't, I don't like, it. I'm not comfortable. I don't like it. It's just not fun for me. Right. What's fun for me and what my passion is, is having the podcast and having open conversations and hard conversations mm-hmm. with literally anyone, but yeah. a lot more so on like social media. You know, everyone loves going to the comments. I love going to the comments and having an actual conversation Mm -hmm. um, regardless because people are watching. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we as advisors, planners, and everyone in our industry need to understand is people are watching us more so than they're commenting. And so when they hear us repeat the same things, they're learning. That's our job. That is our duty in this profession is to be involved and to be heard out there. Um, And so that's what I do a lot of. Yes. I feel like because, you know, I've got like the marketing lens on, right. And I feel like folks don't always realize that too. It's like, I'm putting stuff out there, but I've got just, you know, five folks that are engaged. And I'm like, but so many people are watching and they're not watching just that they're watching the comments. They're watching the other things that have come in and people are right. It's part of, it's part of the process. Um, and that's why it's so valuable. So I appreciate that you're not just kind of a, a bypass, you know, just kind of, you know, just sitting on the sidelines, but actually engaging with what's going on. So yeah. Um, we did an article in advisor perspectives around, um, social listening and just, you know, all of that. So kind of fun to, to hear you say it from that perspective and the role that, you know, you feel that you play to be able to really make that change and be a change agent here. So, um, so, you know, tell us a little bit more, are you seeing that there's any particular challenges that need to be addressed in this space? Like, I know you talked about it being in schools, other other places, are you seeing it kind of from like a top bottom, top to bottom um, side of things that need to be, you know, in our, for example, and even your role day to day and how we engage with folks or, you know, on the banking side of things or offerings. I love to hear more about how we can sort of reach more people and educate more people. Um, and if, if, the, if the vein is just through school or if there's other opportunities to be able to reach folks. So, yeah, it's it's really all of us collectively. Uh, I talk about this all the time. There is no competition when it comes to being a planner and advisor. Why? Because there's millions and millions of client prospective clients out there, and there's only 20,000 CFPs, mm-hmm. right? So like the numbers are skewed drastically the other way. 
just why aren't they have why don't they have one because they're not being heard they're not being seen our industry's been really really cool at like providing investments and ROI and focusing just on people with money to make more money yeah. when realistically that's not what financial education or financial planning is about mm-hmm. what it is about is the core and that core is that person and if we don't start talking more about the emotional side of money and decisions and really understanding our clients, then this whole thing will fail, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately. And so it starts from the top, it starts from all of us involved of speaking more to the person and yes. relating to them and understanding who truly they are. Then we can take that step and involve the numbers because numbers are numbers. One mm-hmm. plus one's two. Right. Whatever your numbers are, we know we can do something because it is facts. Like that's a number. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't go into what you are doing and how you feel about what's happening. And I use this analogy all the time. It's like when we all go on the diet fads, right? Whatever <laughs> that diet fad is, right? We yeah. have a goal of losing weight and thinking it'll change our life. And it might in a sh- very short period of time. Right, right. right. It's a fad Months, though. Like a year yes. or whatever. Once you get bored of it, guess what you go right back to, right? Mm-hmm. We all put on that weight. It's the same thing with your wealth building. And by the way, wealth does not equal money. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a little bit, but it's the same thing in your wealth journey. It is a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand who you are, mm-hmm. what trauma you've been through and the emotions that come up when you make decisions, then whenever we do a financial plan or a budget or whatever it is, it's just a fad. Yeah. Once you can understand and tie who you are to the plan, then it's a lifestyle. And that's when you actually see massive change uh, and success in people. Okay. Go back to what you were sharing before. Wealth does not equal. Yes. Wealth. Wealth does not equal money. Okay. Wealth equals yes. happiness mm. and being able to take care of others. That's true wealth. Money and being rich are the same. So rich equals money. Mm-hmm. Money does not equal happiness, but happiness equals wealth. And so everyone uses the terms of wealthy people, and I even do it. Wealthy people are actually the people that care more about themselves, their families, and are able to give back, not the billionaires or trillionaires who have all the money, yeah. right? And that is a difference in people. And different the, mindset. Yep. what really hit me was actually at Drake um, in May of 2011 when we went to Tanzania and mm-hmm. we spent two weeks there. When we first got off the plane, first of all, they gave us the greatest opening and arrival thing ever. Um but as we're driving through the village, I just notice all the women are sweeping their mud floors, mm-hmm. mud floors. Like everyone, everyone to realize that they're sweeping mud floors, right? right? Do you even sweep your own floor all the time? No. And we have really nice floors, right? Um, but they were so happy and so humble throughout that trip. And I recognized at that point in time, that's what wealthy means. Wealthy mm-hmm. means you're happy. You're good with whatever you have and you're able and wanting to give back to others regardless. Mm -hmm. That is being wealthy. Mm -hmm. The Tanzanians that I met are way more wealthy than almost any American that I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's because they understand that core value part of it. Mm -hmm. They don't have money. They're not rich, but they are are wealthy. That's so well said. I appreciate you sharing that story. So in your day-to-day practice for what you what you're doing, right? You talked about this idea earlier of this modern family office. What does that mean for you? And how are you helping to have those conversations around, you know, rich versus wealthy, if you will, or even just being able to help educate folks or even to help that domino, those conversations domino throughout generations. Do you, is there any specific 
methodology or anything that you're doing that you feel like is kind of that modern bend to your approach to working with your clients? Yeah. Um, first we always start and I always ask everyone the same question. What's your first money memory, right? We've got to figure out where it all started. Um, and what you think of money. So all of my clients, that's the first thing we do. We spend about an hour, hour and a half of just like, what's money mean to you? Do mm -hmm. you have trauma in life? How were you raised to get a baseline of like why they're making decisions and what they're doing today's world? Yeah. Um, so that's first and foremost. But the the term modern family office is, and most people don't know what actual family office is, but yes. it is taking that traditional sense of family office being able to take care of your legal stuff, the lending stuff, pay your bills, travel. So that way you can focus on your family and like whatever money making thing there is for you. Mm -hmm. um, we modernize that because usually you have to have 25 million or more and it's, you know, it's a big ordeal. I've recognized that you can whittle that down to a business owner who can, you know, basically gross about 300, 400,000. Mm -hmm. When you whittle that concept down, we're able to do still do the same things and outsource it. So a prime example, um, I had a client, uh, she's older, got a car accident, called me a couple of days later. And I was like, well, first of all, are you okay? Like, yes, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for telling me, but like, are you good? Yes. Uh, and she was completely fine, but car totaled. Um, uh, was dealing with the insurance side. And I was like, I need a vehicle. I have a business to run. I need a car now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what do you want? She told me what kind of car she wanted. I called up dealerships. I got a test drive done. I called the lender, got the lending done. And I said, if you love that car, you can leave today with it or at least pick it up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She spent a day figuring it out, did the test drive. Next day, went and picked it up. Lending was done. All she had to do was sign a piece of paper. So that's the family office side of things. That's us taking more of that quarterback role yep. and saying, I understand where you're at, the situation. I'm going to go get everything done for you. All I need you to do is show up and see if you like it or love it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we really want as people. We want to make sure, one, am I good? And two, do I have someone behind me that can support me if things don't go right? Yep. Yeah. And that's our job. That is our duty um, as financial planners, in my opinion, is to do that. And for me, that's more of a modern family office feel, aside from like just focusing on investments or yes. creating a financial plan, handing it to them and saying, good luck. Like it takes way more intuitiveness and way more like being deeper in their lives. And that's why I've deemed that a uh, modern family office. Oh, I, I love that. Also just this idea of just taking care of people and reducing all the friction so it's just everything smooth and taken care of. I mean, that's, that's service. So yeah, um, for sure. Couldn't, well, I, goodness, I appreciate you sharing such as a, it's an exciting and inspirational conversation. So um, we are getting, we're wrapping up here quickly though, too. So is there anything that you think would be helpful to share if there's others that do want to get involved or do want to be able to give back, especially on this side of things? Are there ways that um, you would recommend either through specific nonprofits or just in day to day or what have you. I love to hear um, how others can help carry carry this mission forward. Yeah, um, and there's there's a countless list of things that you can do, but I always have one big ask for everyone, and that is to help us all be louder. And what does that entail? That means sharing. That means engaging. That means being on podcasts and speaking what we want to speak in and be your real self. Mm -hmm. By doing that, if we can get all 20,000 CFPs, for example, how loud would that be? That'd be a lot louder than anything Schwab or Fidelity could throw out in the media. 
And for us to come together that way and be loud, that is the change that I would love to see. So if you want to be involved, you can contact me, go right ahead and do that. I've got a list of everyone that I want you to be loud about and just keep being louder. That's my one big ass that I ask all the time. Mm, I appreciate that. That's such a good message too. And when you say loud too, like you said, it sounds like louder talking with clients, being able to educate them. I know we mentioned earlier just online, right? Participating in the chatter and the conversation. I'm assuming even kind of the lobby inside if that's if that's people's wing. Um, articles, other ways that people can be loud too. Podcasts, and we talked about that, right? Um, any is any I guess giving back through nonprofits, things of that sort. Yeah, it's all it's ultimately just doing what you know you like to do yep. and taking that step forward and doing it, right? We're all there's a lot of I know a lot of professionals in this industry that are just scared of whether it's compliance or who knows, but they won't take that step. And we yeah. need you, we as the professionals, and then we as clients need everyone to take that step in order for us to move this whole thing forward. Yep. Huh. Well said. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for thank you. Um, the work that you do and for sharing a little bit more about your approach and and also your involvement with the community and and really furthering this mission around um, financial education and and what have you. So thank you again. And I'm looking forward to being in touch and um, just, yeah, continuing to follow your journey. Absolutely. Go Bulldogs. That's right. Go Bulldogs. For more behind the scenes conversations and expert insights, subscribe to the podcast. Join us next time as we hear from leaders who are cutting through the clutter and doing things differently on purpose.